We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey, everybody, it's John Helton. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 28th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. Uh, Jake Latarski is with me today. Like every Tuesday, we're going to talk uh, waiver wire free agents, stuff like that. Are any of you, I had a league end its regular season this week after week 12. Do you have any of those? No, most of my leagues, John, they they end. We would do one more regular season next week in week 13 and then week 14, 15 and 16 are the playoffs with off 17. That's how most of mine have usually gone. Yeah, same here. I'm in the uh, Derek and I talk about the uh, Scott Fishbowl all the time and I just missed the playoffs in mine. I missed it for as far as points go. I think over the course of the year I was down by. I think I was 25 points out of the last playoff spot, which is not a lot. I was probably the you know mm-hmm. second. I was probably the fourth or fifth person out among many you know dozens so it wasn't terrible but i'm not as good as the people who made the playoffs so i guess that's not good um texans ravens got any takeaways it wasn't exactly exciting it was probably closer than we thought yeah it, it was it was an all right game i mean the fantasy guys you'd expect to come through and mm-hmm. or at least the ones that you're starting every week did their thing i mean texans only scored 16 points but i mean lamar miller ran for 50 in a touchdown hopkins had seven for 125 could have had a chance to to get some more out of Hopkins, I guess, on that final drive if you were a Hopkins owner crossing your fingers for for that miracle type. But, uh, of course, 
Savage picked off or, or they turned the ball over again. I'm sorry. And uh, and that was that. So it's this old school Ravens winning defense again. Joe Flacco still doesn't look good. Four point four yards per attempt is is, is quite dreadful. Um, but on the bright side, you mentioned Alex Collins uh, having a nice day and he's looking like he's going to be the guy the rest of the way out. Though Danny Woodhead continues to get his work. Yeah, the snap count. Collins 31, Woodhead 22, Buck Allen 15. I joked last week that that Woodhead wasn't great, but I said he killed Buck Allen. Well, Buck Allen did get a touchdown, but you can't play Mm -hmm. the guy. Yeah, you can. Yeah, five carries. I mean, so he technically carried the ball more than Woodhead, but Woodhead had a better yards per carry. And of course, the targets in the passing game are definitely going to be dominated by Woodhead from here on out. Right. Um, The other thing there. You might get tempted to be happy about Mike Wallace's 11 targets, but as we like to say, there are there are higher quality targets and lower quality targets, and these would certainly qualify as lower <laughs> lower quality. <laughs> Wallace went five for 48, and uh, I, it's hard to get excited even with the volume. Um, all right, we're going to talk free agents on Twitter. Where Jake is at jakeski52. I'm at jhelpin37. You can also tweet us at rotowire or get your player updates from our news feed at rotowire NFL. And you can find us on Facebook where Jake will be doing a, his usual weekly uh, Facebook Live Q&A today, Tuesday at 530 Eastern on our Facebook page. Um, let's start with quarterbacks. Um, we talk about the drop candidates first. Uh, Derek Carr's got no one to throw to. Yeah, I, you know, I, I stretched for some some QB two types fringe, fringe guys that uh, that you're probably not going to start in the foreseeable future. So so maybe maybe it's time to cut bait. And Carr is one of them, but it's mostly a lack of weapons. I mean, he's been you know a, a pretty average quarterback from a fantasy perspective not quite taking advantage of what he's had to offer this year you know a couple big fantasy days coming from behind in games and whatnot but without you know i mean amari cooper had a concussion and and another injury i believe ankle yes ankle yeah so so the double whammy and of course uh michael crabtree you know throwing punches at someone with helmets on uh that's always a a wise move he's going to get two two games him and talib will both get that pending appeal so we'll see how that goes you never really know how those appeals can go but uh He's ran out of weapons, and I don't know if uh, Marshawn Lynch is going to be the focal point of that offense or if they go to some other guys later on. We'll talk about some ancillary receivers that could step up later in the show. All right. Um, the other – before we get back to those Raiders, um, we'll actually get back to them later. Um, Marcus Mariota is just he, – he's, he's one of your more disappointing players this season. A couple of weeks ago, it looked like he might run more, which would be kind of nice. But mm-hmm. – you know, he's not really I'm trying to see what he did on. Yeah, he didn't he didn't run again uh, against the Colts. He threw another couple of picks on the season. He's nine touchdowns with 12 picks. I, I it's hard to get excited. It's, it's hard to find a reason. He's got Houston, then at Arizona, then at San Francisco and then home for the Rams. Hard to find a reason for a fantasy owner to look over the next four weeks for the remainder of your fantasy season, whether it's regular season and playoffs and go. I want to start Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this week. You'd think he would have had the best matchup to do it at Indianapolis, you know, a team that parted ways with Vontae Davis and defense that has struggled off and on this year. Throws for under 200 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. I mean, I used him on FanDuel this week and, uh, you know, as one of like five different stacks I threw out there. And that was definitely the worst lineup the Mariota led one, uh, like 10 fantasy points. So, um, you know, given the matchup that he should be excelling in and he's not necessarily excelling you know, maybe you could toss him out against the 49ers in, in the, the championship semifinals, I guess, if that's for your playoffs. But uh, I don't necessarily feel too great about that either. No, no kidding. Um, all right, guys, we want to grab. Um, C.J. Beathard got hurt, looked like a 
when it happened, it looked like a disastrous injury, but then he got up and walked off and we're looking at mm-hmm. a uh, bruised knee. Um, but we might get Jimmy G. Jimmy G came in with a minute and a half left, threw a touchdown on the last play. Um, it's so funny because they lost by, I don't know, 10 points or whatever, and his teammates are all congratulating him like it was a big deal. Um, we might get Jimmy G, which is what we've been waiting for. We might get him this yep. week, and uh, he would be at the Bears. That is not the greatest spot. Yeah, especially if the weather is rough. You know, we're about to turn into December here in the state of Wisconsin where I'm based in, and of course not too far, in Madison, Wisconsin. I'm not too far off from Chicago if I got to drive there. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's getting to be cold. You know, we haven't seen too much snow yet. I did while I was up further north home over Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, but uh, other than that, uh, yeah, the, the weather is a factor. But, you know, the Bears defensive actually has, has, has been all right this year. You know, they're not... The defense in Chicago definitely isn't uh, the, the main issue there. The more issue is a young quarterback without any real weapons to throw to outside of the running back, Jordan Howard. So, yeah, it's a tougher matchup than people would expect. All right. Um, next up, uh, Paxton Lynch got hurt in his yeah, – I told uh, DVR yesterday that I, I made a promise to him last week that I was going to start Paxton Lynch in a, in a FanDuel lineup, and I did. And uh, mm-hmm. oh, well. Um, yeah. Trevor mm-hmm. Simeon back at Miami. Yay. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you sort any fantasy league in your free agent by who scored the most points this year, you know, naturally the quarterback that started a bunch of games early on shows up. That doesn't necessarily mean he's good and that you should pick him up. I mean, at Miami is a decent matchup, but it's also a road matchup. So I, I, I don't feel great about that from even two quarterback or deep flyer DFS perspectives. I, I don't either. The one thing I will say is that as bad as if you own either Demaryius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders – and you look at what happened the last week. I mean, they basically did nothing. I think I think Thomas was five for eighteen, and Sanders was three for twelve. When Simeon and the touchdowns played, were like Latimer and and right. somebody else, right? Yeah, just off, Lynch, offbeat guys. Lynch got hurt early, and and Simeon played. But over the course of the year, with Simeon playing, these guys were not bad. If you are if you are terrified by the thought of playing these guys right now, I don't think you should be. Is that fair to say? Do you think? Yeah, I think that is uh, that that's absolutely fair. Uh, the, those guys, I mean, Demarius Thomas has dealt with, you know, outside of those Peyton Manning years where even you could argue they were his back end years. Demarius Thomas especially has been with this team a while and has dealt with subpar quarterback plays entire career. And he was capable of putting up some decent games under Simeon. So I think Thomas actually could be a viable starter. All right. Um, the other guys are playing. Let's see. Uh, Tyrod is home for New England. Home for New England or on the road in New England? Hold on. My bad. Ty- Tyrod is... I believe it's home. Yes, he's yes, home. Yes, it's home for the Patriots. Three home games in a row for the Bills. New England, Indianapolis, and Miami. Got it. Um, all right. Jameis Winston is looks like he's going to play. He's on track to practice Wednesday. They play at Green Bay. How do you feel about that one? Mm-hmm. I mean, as long as the weather's okay like okay so i walked into work this morning and and we're like we're mid 40s clear skies no wind day like that perfect you never know in wisconsin if that could turn at any point but uh overall i mean this packers defense of course it was it was a matchup on the road where they struggled uh to defend the steelers one of the better offenses in football but uh the the defense you know i think kevin king who's one of their better you know corners he seems to still be hampered a little bit by a shoulder injury and he's not at 100%. And that will mean, you know, that they got to go to Javon House, Demarius Randall, neither of those guys can cover Mike Evans. So I think there could be a relatively big game, you know, given 
neutral weather circumstances that uh, you know that that Jameis or even Fitzpatrick, if, if if it goes to that, but most likely Jameis, if he gets back in practice and stays on schedule, he could be in for a decent game. All right, and Jameis, forty one percent. I want to get back to Tyrod. Tyrod's forty nine percent. So you asked in, in the notes you prepared. Um, <laughs> Which we'll talk about one of these guys later more, but uh, the Cleveland, the, the Browns are going to face the uh, the Chargers in L.A. and Deshaun Kaiser's weapons now include Corey Coleman and Josh Gordon, and um, <laughs> that still does not make me want to use Deshaun Kaiser. No, no, not really. I mean, the rushing's nice for him a little bit, but uh, yeah, to start him in a fantasy league. Now, this is more of a question of okay, twelve team, two quarterback league. You're starting twenty four. Does he get out of that bottom five even for this week? And and I don't I don't necessarily know if he does, but it gets him a lot closer with these guys back. I mean, the good thing about Kaiser is he runs. I mean, the last last four games for Kaiser, let's see, tw- twenty six carries for seventy five and sixty one, so one hundred and thirty six yards and three touchdowns. So yeah. he he can save himself. The problem is. If you were to tell me, hey, one, the turnover's not good. And if you were to tell me, hey, that guy's going to throw for one or two and run for one, then it'd be great. But the problem is he throws for zero more often than he throws for anything else. So the one run still isn't enough for him. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for a quarterback that uh, can run a little bit to bring the floor up, I'd probably, oh, geez, too many syllables in that word. But I, I would look at Tyrod Taylor actually before Deshaun Kaiser. Check to see if he's available before you think about doing something silly like Kaiser. All right. Um, the other ones, uh, Cutler it might play, but he's home against the Broncos. Um, Josh McCown, I mean, we're saying all year, Josh McCown's not that bad. We say it all the time. And mm-hmm. the Chiefs have been, uh, oh, goodness, the Chiefs have not been good. I mean, their defense wasn't terrible this past week, but they're beatable, mm-hmm. certainly. And McCown's just, been, McCown's legit. He's pretty good. Yeah, I, I would absolutely give him a stream. I already checked. In the league that I streamed Tyrod last year, because I'm, I'm streaming the rest of the way out as I hope to get through the playoffs. In the league that I streamed Tyrod last week, I looked for McCown immediately. Already picked up in that league, only a 12 teamer. So now instead of McCown, who has a you know the Chiefs secondary has been beat in the past, uh, though it was a more defensive game on Sunday. I'm looking towards other possible streamers. Maybe even uh, you know I, I might pick up Winston if someone cut him against the Packers if things are looking like he's going to play. Otherwise. Case Keenum's 47% owned, and he's going to have to keep up with the Falcons, and there's not going to be a weather factor in that dome. So another decent streaming option there. Yep. Uh, McCown, uh, 14 touchdown passes and two runs in his last seven games, So uh, and thrown for plenty. So he's 31% owned. Talked about Keenum at 47. Um, Brett Hundley, after, this, after Sunday night, not excited? I, you know, it gave me a lot of hope as a Packer fan, but the problem is, is the Packers didn't win. So they need to win one of these couple of games for it to be even relevant with Rodgers coming back. And now it's like, cool, we have a backup in Hundley who, you know, might be able to do something once in a while if he gets in a rhythm or connects on a couple screens. You know, those stats were padded by a, a real nice screen to Jamal Williams. Um, as far as targeting a player in this in this uh, Tampa Bay Green Bay game. I would be more inclined to look towards Devontae Adams at the Packers again because he could have a good day regardless of what kind of day Hundley does. And we saw what the Bucks defense did to Julio Jones, and it's basically what they've been doing to number one receivers all year long. So Devontae Adams would be the DFS target from the matchup. All right, uh, the last one, Blaine Gabbard is 3% on the last two games since he's been the starter, uh, averaging 249 yards, and he's got five touchdowns. And he, and he runs a little. Any interest there? Um, not really against the Rams is a tough one I mean 
he still blamed Gabbert and this is one of the better defenses that he's faced over this little run that he's had. So, um, you know, not a ton, pretty much those guys I all just mentioned, you know, Keenum, McCown, uh, Winston, even Hundley or Taylor, those guys all would rank ahead on my screen rankings for the week. Okay. Um, rank your, give me your top three. Top three streamers. Top three streamers. Okay. I would go, um, let's do McCown, uh, Winston, if he plays, and then Keenum. And all under 50, so that works. Okay. Um, Next up, running backs. uh, Drop Kansas. What are we, Doug Martin? He's Mm. he's in the concussion protocol. Uh, We're doing this Tuesday at 11. We're about talking about 1130 Eastern right now, so uh, I haven't seen any updates on Doug Martin. Um, Is he, how droppable is he in, let's say, a 12-teamer? He's in a 12 team or yeah, I guess he would be relatively droppable because they are, there are a couple of fringe guys, um, you know, that we can talk about this week that would probably be more, um, ownable than someone like Martin, even his backups, assuming that Martin doesn't play or doesn't get through protocol guys like Jack was Rogers, Peyton Barber type. Those guys we'll talk about in a sec. Um, those guys will, uh, have more value. So I could see making that one for one switch. Okay. Um, and Doug Martin right now, remember the volume's there. The yardage has been, bleh, even though he played well at Atlanta um, before he got hurt. Um, Matt Breida, you mentioned, yeah, he's just, you know, we, th- we thought he might be breaking into a bit of a timeshare, at least getting some work away from Carlos Hyde, but that's just not happening. Two touches for, let's forget Matt Breida. Um, we talked about Buck and Woodhead. James White is still 66% owned on Yahoo. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's time. It's past time. Yeah, it is past time. It's not like the the tide is suddenly going to turn around and all of a sudden he'll take back over Rex Burkhead's role. It looks like the Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead show, which is just what everyone thought at the beginning of the year. But uh, <laughs> uh, but those guys uh, those guys have been playing well. The Patriots are winning. There's no reason to shift from that kind of alignment there. I actually feel really good about starting Deion Lewis as an RB two the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, he's he's getting the word. I'm still a little skittish about Burkhead. Just because I know he produced on Sunday, but he's the type of guy who I th- I think I I expected him to be more of the PPR guy, and he's not catching a ton of passes. He's getting some. I mean, I can't argue with what he did on Sunday. I mean, ten carries and three catches, I think it was, and he got the two touchdowns. But I look and I go, a guy who's going to get ten carries probably at the top end and doesn't catch that many passes. I don't know how attractive that is generally it all depends on your context certainly but i look at that and i kind of go i don't know yeah you're right i thought maybe there would be a little bit more pass catching options there but they didn't really use much of a pass catching back i mean lewis white and burke had all got exactly two targets and that went over miami you know if the patriots find themselves behind or in closer games and and need to use that third down back more often i think burke will get a few more targets all right. Um, you want to mention the guys you mentioned last week, most of them are higher on the ownership scale. Uh, P. Ryan, we talked about. Woodhead, we talked about how we, we're not sure if we like. Uh, Jamal Williams up to 59%. You can't argue with the game he had Sunday. Devontae Booker, he's still 34% owned. Now, you can't be happy. If you picked him up last week and played him, which I did in one league, you can't be happy about the, the results that you got. But he outsnapped. C.J. Anderson, 26 to 19. I mean, that was just kind of a bad game, and they didn't play well at all. Mm-hmm. But he seems to be – they said last week, we want to get him more involved, and they did. I mean, touch-wise, they didn't. Snap-wise, I, w- I would just tend to think they're going to get him the ball more. I'm, I'm, th- this past Sunday did not scare me aw- scare me off, Devontae Booker. Did it scare you off? Not necessarily. I mean, I – 
the leagues where I would have picked up and started Booker last week, I was lucky enough to win P Ryan with my bid or my waiver claim. And I think I'm going to continue to roll with P Ryan. I believe they have a Thursday night game against the Cowboys with no Sean Lee against. That's a very good recipe for success. So I'm not using a ton of Booker. I would have a hard time starting him I, I i guess after this because there's so much uncertainty with another new quarterback and when simeon was the quarterback earlier in the year they're not a not a huge sample size because booker was hurt early in the year so i might want to take a wait and see to see how that gels first if if you have that luxury okay um next guy we're going to talk about is rod smith um the, statistically alfred morris is doing fine you know the arts per carry are fine um, hard to argue with. However, Rod Smith's workload has seems to be steadily increasing. Um, in week 10, he had seven touches, three, three carries, four catches. In week 11, he had eight touches. All They were all runs. In week 12, he had 11 touches, which is nine for 41 and a touchdown on the ground. And he had two receptions for seven yards. Rod Smith seems to be getting more involved with this offense. I don't think they're going to say, hey, Alfred Morris, take a seat on Thursday night. But Rod mm-hmm. Smith has it seems to be getting the ball enough to to be a consideration for fantasy football owners. Yeah, I, I would say that's a fair point. I mean, the first week he outsnapped Morris by 16, outsnapped Morris by five. Last week, outsnapped Morris by 14. And, uh, you know, that time on the field is definitely what I start to look at. And it, I was a little bit surprised that he got that that touchdown relatively down and close. Now, Morris is not playing bad, like you said, exactly. You know, he's averaging almost six yards a carry. Smith's four and a half, so it's not too bad. Um, so if, if anything, this makes me... You know, I'm, I'm not necessarily rushing to pick up Smith because I think the touchdown was a little bit fluky, but it makes me a little bit more hesitant to play Morris as I have been the last couple weeks. And I wrote this off early on where, OK, this is just game full. The Cowboys have found themselves behind and they need to come back. So they need their third down back more than their early down plotter. And, and you know, I said that. But now for the third week in a row, we have to just accept that this defense is bad and, and, and without Sean Lee. And so is the offense and they're going to be behind and they're going to need to continue to use their third down back until, you know, if they're even in contention when Ezekiel Elliott gets back. So it's a really tough dilemma to deal with. Uh, if you're a Morris owner, um, they might be one, you know, I'd have to, it'd have to be a decent matchup and a short turnaround against Washington. I'm not quite sold on whether or not I'm going to start him. There might be a league where I have to, but it's going to be difficult. Gotcha. All right. Um, all right. The last one we want to mention, he's 56% on McKenyon Drake. Um, Damian Williams out two to three weeks. Derek and I talked about this guy on Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. It could be all Kenyon Drake or very a lot of Kenyon Drake for the Dolphins. So uh, mm-hmm. you might want to check and, and see if he's available. He's actually playing pretty decently. All right. Um, so we talked about the, the, um, the Smith. We talked about the two guys on the Bucks. We talked about Kenyon Drake. We talked about Devontae Booker. Give me your top uh, the first three in order. Okay, geez. So um, I, I would imagine P. Ryan's over 50% at this point. P. Ryan is. Hold, please. P. Ryan is 79%. Yeah. 79%, yeah, yeah, about where he needs to be. Well, geez, then just out of lack of options, I guess I go. Um, I go. I go Jacquez Rogers and, and Rod Smith. And man. No. Let's, uh, let's do Rogers Booker Smith. Rogers oh, Booker Smith. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. So you're not a Peyton Barber believer. 
Not necessarily. I mean, re- I remember there were games last year when I picked up Rodgers after Martin got hurt and they just pounded in the ball 30 times. So not that that's necessarily going to happen again, you know, a little bit of a different structure there, but I, I trust Rodgers to be the lead guy there now. Okay, everybody, FanDuel is fantasy football for everyday fans with new contests starting every week. There's no busted seasons. Like I said, I'm already out of the playoffs in one league, so there's one busted season. There's something for everyone with lots of contests to choose from starting at just a dollar. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score real time. Um, All right, so this week coming up on FanDuel, Tom Brady is at $9,300. Tom Brady is $1,100 more than the next highest quarterback. Uh, And at Buffalo... That that see that screams fade to me. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Maybe you toss like a an extra dollar lineup in on the side where you use them just to be that contrarian because you think I think a lot of people are going to have a similar logic. But ninety three hundred for a quarterback, basically, this is what FanDuel has to do to stop everyone from owning him because the guy uh, continues to dominate week in and week out. And I can definitely see why they're doing this because they need to spread the ownership around a little bit more. Well, look at this. All the, all the other big quarterbacks and Wilson's home for Philly breeze is home for the Panthers cams at new Orleans. Wentz is at Seattle. Um, so there's a lot of, I mean, Matt Ryan's got the Vikings coming to town. There's a lot of tough matchups. I think where I might go, Philip rivers home, 8,000 Philip rivers home for the Browns. That is yeah. not a bad one. Yeah, that seems to be the case because uh, I think we've discussed this on the show before, but the Browns deceptively good against the run, um, but not quite as good against the pass. That's a place where Rivers at only 8,000 could excel. And who knows, maybe these weapons back for Cleveland help him score a few more points. So this doesn't end up being a 30 to six game in the in the early fourth quarter and he doesn't have to really you lose a quarter out of your quarterback. That's always so frustrating when you're like, oh, man, I had this right. He's tearing this defense up. But now they have to let up. Maybe that won't happen here. And McCown and Keenum, not cheap to what I mentioned earlier here. Seventy seven hundred and seventy six hundred. I'm just looking real quick at some of the other positions. Look, Alvin Kamara is the third highest priced running back. Look at where we've come from the beginning of the season. Yeah, Yeah, that's crazy. And and I was just going to say back to quarterbacks, like, you know, we always offer streaming options. But looking at these FanDuel salaries is another way to help decide on the streaming options because these guys know what they're doing when they're setting these prices. So, you know, that's another way to rank these. And I think they had it right about in line with where we did. Yep. Um, Otherwise, yeah, Peyton Barber's kind of cheap. Derek Henry, who seems to be taking over in Tennessee, is down at 5,400 at running back, folks. Mm -hmm. And at home. And oh, man. That, that that's a good play and I was looking over to wide receivers Devonte Adams my guy I said at any price he seems to be cheaper than last week somehow he's 6500 hosting Tampa Bay who's just let number one wideouts with the most recent example Julio Jones be just feast on them and yep. uh I, not to make a Thanksgiving pun we're past that but uh anyway Devonte Adams at 6500 man the only downside of that is he should be about 40 percent owned in your contest Folks, over two and a half million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than one million in cash prizes. And that's with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Good luck on FanDuel, everybody. Wide receivers. Uh, drop. Oh, Devontae Parker. I, what a disappointment. Yeah, he's... It took us a long time to finally admit that he was a bust because he's hurt and all this. But, um, man, I, he's really tough. I was so lucky to cut bait with him. I traded him for Joe Mixon in one league like two weeks ago, and I'm jumping for joy. But I'm stuck with him in a couple other places. Matt Moore targeted him three times. Two of those targets 
Moore was picked off. So that's not a good sign for, you know, a quarterback going back to that receiver. And then, of course, he caught one pass for five yards. That's all he could do. I thought against the Patriots defense, especially with the Dolphins playing from behind. I mean, the Patriots defense continues to improve. We acknowledge that week to week. But, you know, when you're when you're up, you know, 31 to seven or whatever, you know, you might give a couple of garbage time touchdowns up. But that wasn't necessarily the case. I'm growing frustrated with Devontae Parker. I've got a, a Parker Doxson dilemma that I use in one league, and it's pretty much going to be Doxson for me the rest of the way out. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've got the one silver lining. If you're looking for one on Parker, Cutler coming back could help. I mean, la- last week was especially bad. I still don't, you know. He, he might be one of those guys where I'm not starting anymore, but I don't know if I'm it, it, dropping. Obviously, context matters, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm going to find people better on the waiver. We're going to talk about them in a minute. Um, what about your Packers? What, what about Jordy and Cobb? Jordy's 92% on Cobb's 51% on Jordy is, I mean, Jordy's just at this point, you're, if you own Jordy, all you're doing is saying, basically you're saying the only reason I'm holding him is that I'm hoping Rogers comes back healthy before my playoffs end. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and those hopes took a big ding with that close loss here uh, on Sunday night. But yeah, Jordy's in that fantasy purgatory right now. You can't, you can't drop him necessarily because I, I know a lot of people would jump on them with the because of the chance that, that uh, Rodgers comes back, especially in the deep league. You make a bid uh, right away just just because of, of the potential upside. But uh, you definitely can't start him anytime until until Rodgers is back. I mean, Hundley and Devonte Adams, they clearly have their chemistry. And and, you know, we've talked about this in past weeks. Jordy needs someone like Rodgers to fit that ball into tight windows, to, especially in the red zone and to throw that back shoulder fade. Not going to get it from Hundley, and and that really they've tried to get creative in getting Jordy the ball, even with some short passes. And he did, I know, in like a screenplay, he made a nice move, almost had a first down, but it's just not enough overall to even you know to put him in that starting lineup. Yep, agreed. Okay, guys, we want to talk about that we mentioned we've mentioned before. Josh Doxson last week. I I would I would guess that you you've been a big Josh Doxson booster. And I would guess that last week, even though he scored a touchdown to save his fantasy value, you had to be disappointed at that outing. Two for 28. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed in until the end there. I mean, to his credit, you know, I, I don't want to keep making excuses for a guy I've been touting all, all year. But, uh, I mean, the, the, the Giants defense was pretty healthy. They got their pass rush going. Um, and for as bad as the Giants have been this, this year, on paper, they've got the personnel to um, – you know, even with Eli Apple inactive on paper, they had the personnel to uh, be able to have some good defensive games here and there. So, you know, I was a little bit disappointed. You know, maybe they realized uh, the Giants did that, that that Doxon's one of their best receiving threats. So they focused attention on him and um, and let Jameson Crowder have the big, big day. But as long as Jordan Reed stays out and there's not much other competition in the receiving department, Doxon's going to get on the field enough. I would say it's kind of it's more fluky than not that Niles Paul was targeted one more time than him. Maybe just the status of the game flow. I, I actually like Doxon in a wide. I'm starting him as a wide receiver three in two leagues, probably the rest of the way out, unless we can get a breakout from our next guy, Josh Gordon. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, one guy I want to mention before. Actually, to, to you, what you just said. Jordan Reed missed Monday's practice for the Redskins, so we're probably looking at a Davis Paul platoon again at tight end, and and neither one is a huge favorite of Kirk Cousins like Jameson Crowder seems to be right now. Um, Corey Davis is the other one. I know I've been I've been plugging him as much as you've been plugging Doxon um, against the Colts the other day. Four targets, caught him off thirty nine yards. I, I keep, you know, if not against the Colts, when when am I? I, I you basically mm-hmm. I I've been 
enough banging my head against the wall. I mean, I, I'm, I can be stubborn. And at some point, you need to stop being stubborn and be smart. And I think I'm there on Corey Davis. Huge talent just this year, fantasy-wise, probably not going to happen. I like to think that as analysts, sometimes we can see the big picture and understand what's going on. But this is one of those kind of inexplicable situations where your team's top snap getter by far almost, you know, uh, he misses the game. You know, late addition to the injury report, Rashad Matthews and was out. Somehow, Corey Davis goes from 54 to 42 total snaps. Um, and that, I mean, he goes from 83% of his team snaps to 72% of his team snaps instead of those snaps going to Corey Davis. Um, you know, Tyron, Taiwan Taylor got a few of them and Harry Douglas comes in first game for the, for the Titans and, and gets 14, uh, 14 snaps. So it's really confusing to me why Mariota hasn't been able to really hook up with Corey Davis. Uh, Corey Davis might be one of those where we have to kind of settle for, okay, we touted him, but maybe this is not his year and next year is the year he breaks out. Cause I still think, I don't know if his draft stock from where he was drafted this year to where he's going to be drafted next year is going to go down a ton, uh, because of, you know, the potential there hasn't necessarily changed. Okay. Josh Gordon, we have to talk about him again. Sure it's, it's certainly a worthwhile topic. Do you believe he's owned in 52% of leagues on Yahoo already? Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not the only one that's, uh, that, that's crazy on this. People must be listening to all this coach speak that's coming out from Hugh. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, look, at Hugh Jackson came out and said, we'll play as much as possible. And he, and he, say, he keeps saying that he's you know, the best he's ever looked and, and he's going to use them. And, you know, it's like Christmas, him getting him back. I'm just scrolling through his, his player notes page on Rotowire and looking at some of these uh, Hugh Jackson quotes. I get to open a new toy. I want to see what's in the box. You know, all this stuff that's going on. The only thing that, that that leads me to believe is that maybe he'll be used as a little bit of a distraction. You know, instead of being a distraction off the field like he's been the last three, he can be a distraction on the field where he draws some attention, maybe opens things up for Corey Coleman. Um, however, I do hope that they can get him the ball in space a little bit and get him going. The guy's only 26. So you think after a three year absence for most people they're you, you know, they've been out of the league. Now they're going to try to make a comeback in their 30s. Not going to happen. Josh Gordon, I think that. I, I believe that the I believe I understand why the ownership's there on Yahoo, and I think if there's still time to get a share, I, I would go for it. <sighs> Come on, with Josh Gordon, <laughs> dude. I, I know it's really tough after the three year layoff, but I, I remember one of the first early tasks that I did for RotoWire when I was just just getting started is I covered the Browns beat, you know. Yeah, first, it's the guy's first like month in the door. Like, what are we going to give him? OK, let's give him the Browns beat. Um, and and I got to watch. I watched those games a little bit closer than normal. I would put those games on on my Sunday ticket uh, because, you know, I wanted to have a better understanding of, of what they were doing. And I got to see Josh Gordon so much. There's always like a little bit of a spot in the back of my mind, back of my heart that thinks that he's going to come back and, and make something happen. Um, you know, if he comes back plays five snaps this week, doesn't get a target. Well, okay, fine. You know, you know, maybe we can, we can let him go, but the, there's so much untapped potential there that rostering him is probably worth it at this point. All right. So for week 13, I'm going to throw some names at you. I'm going to make you, you don't have to have, I mean, it's Tuesday. We probably don't have our rankings done. I know I don't. I'm going to throw some names at you and ask if you, if you would, who you would start this guy or Josh Gordon. Ready? I mean, most of them are going to be not Josh Gordon this week because I want to see him on the field. But I'm talking like the last couple fantasy playoff weeks. But fire away anyway. All right. Um, I'm just going to I'm looking at the schedule. So I'm going to pick out random Josh Doxson. You're going to pick Josh Doxson. I know that. 
Oh, uh, yeah, I'll start doxing first. Okay. Um, Corey Davis. Mm, I would go to Corey Davis this week. Jermaine Curse. Curse. Got to go Curse. Can't argue right? with that production. So, uh, Devontae Parker. Oh, boy. That's where it starts to get close for me. And it's a little bit dependent on the quarterback situation. After last showing, I think that's where I draw the line and go Gordon. All right. D.D. Westbrook. Westbrook. Well, as long as Hearns is out. and yeah, Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think where, where we're settling here, at least for week 13, we are in agreement that you – I don't know if you'd have to be crazy to start Josh Gordon, but your options would have to be terrible. And then after yes. that, you have more belief than I do. I think it might have, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen next year, more likely. I'm not chasing Josh Gordon on my waiver wire. If you I want see to, that. folks, I mean, you know, have at it because I'm not. Jake's not the only one who who, who thinks that way. Um, let's talk about some of these guys we just mentioned. Dede Westbrook. So if Hearns is still out, Dede Westbrook. People have had a lot of success going for the 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 number two receiver against the Cardinals. Basically the guy that Patrick Peterson is not dealing with last week. It was DD Westbrook. Wasn't a great day. Um, 10 targets, six for 41, lots of talent with DD Westbrook. He had some, you know, uh, character issues. Let's call them coming out of college. Um, but talented guy home against the Colts. If Hearns is out, he's, he's certainly tempting and he's 25% out on Yahoo. Yeah, I, I think D.D. Westbrook is someone who should be owned in dynasty leagues by now, for sure. I think, you know, you know, after uh, a little bit of what he flashed in the preseason, we can we can start to buy into the skills here. It's going to get complicated, of course, next year when they're when they're all fully healthy. But, you know, just a speed demon here, D.D. Westbrook. And, and the volume is certainly encouraging. I think he could be he should be owned because. Like I said, there, there's going to be a lot of leagues, especially those deeper, maybe 16 teamers where um, you have to make a tough decision at wide receiver three. And there's going to be a lot of dilemmas where he's going to work his way in. All right. We talked about the Raiders earlier. Um, Crabtree, two game suspension, Amari Cooper, uh, concussion and an ankle injury. Let's say they're both out. Um, and it sounds like Crabtree's definitely, I mean, even appealing. Crabtree's going to be out. Um, if you had to pick one of the, the remaining candidates to, to play – at home against the Giants are Seth Roberts, who caught, I think, 900 touchdowns in 2016. Um, Cordero Patterson, who's an int- always an interesting, intriguing player. And Johnny Holton, who, I'll be honest, I couldn't pick out of a lineup. Um, that's maybe a bad term. I shouldn't use that. I apologize. But you know what I mean. I, couldn't, I, I could not identify yeah. Johnny Holton um, compared to most people. Um, who would you pick? If you had to pick one Raider, if both those guys were out, who would it be? You know what? It honestly has to be Seth Roberts just because – you at least know that he's going to be on the field and maybe his role doesn't necessarily change a whole lot because, you know, those other players, his role could stay the same. Whereas Patterson and Holton see expanded roles, but, uh, believe it or not, Roberts actually has 59. Well, a lot of it's cause he outsnapped Crabtree 57 to five, but that gives him 59 more snaps than Crabtree on the entire season. So we at least know Roberts is going to be out there. Um, and that, he might get looked at. I mean, Roberts has been targeted 39 times, Patterson 29. I would go towards Roberts just because of the floor being a little bit higher. You know, there's less of a risk of a zero than maybe with some of those other guys. But, uh, you know, if you're trying to hit that home run, 
you know, you have to you have to go to one of those other guys and hope they get a deep ball. But do you take a, a one in eight chance of a 60 yard touchdown? Otherwise, you know, you have one or two points or do you take a, a pretty good chance of getting six or seven points? You know, that's what you're looking at here with Oakland. Right. OK. Um, next guy up, the Rams. So so we're going back to that. Who's the guy opposite Patrick Peterson, right? Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup's not really that guy. The Cooper Cup's up to 59% ownership. And, and I think we would both say, you know, if you have Cooper Cup in a PPR league, roll again. He had a nice day. He's getting lots of looks from Jared Goff. Um, Peterson is going to, Sammy Watkins is going to have his hands full with Peterson all over him. Cup's, Cup's a good option for this week. He's a PPR. He's, abs- he's starting for you if you have. Mm-hmm. Even on FanDuel at 6,300, Cup's not a bad option. He gets a huge jump after being like 5,400 last week, but still given the given the situation and that and that not the guy on Peterson's strategy he could hit you value the other side is Josh Reynolds most likely Josh Reynolds rookie receiver out of Texas A&M um, played on Sunday uh, against the Saints with Robert Woods out played 61 snaps targeted six times caught four for 37 and a touchdown he's one percent owned on Yahoo I would think this would be a bit of a deeper league where he'd be a guy you'd want, but he's, he's interesting. Yeah, he's most definitely interesting. Um, I'm a little hesitant because in the first 11 weeks of the season and he was active in all 11 of those weeks, there was three targets sent his way. I mean, caught only one of them for 28 yards. So that is a little bit just, I know the circumstances change entirely with woods being out, but he hasn't, he hasn't done it really too consistently consistently yet. And I think, you know, I think Watkins, even with Peterson on him might get a couple more targets. We definitely know Cooper cup should get uh, more targets. And then, you know, then he's competing with kind of girly in the tight ends for right in the, in that group. So um, it'd be a deeper league. It'd be a, it'd be a flyer for sure. And and I could see it in that situation, but like my 12 teamers, I'm, I'm probably not going to bother. That's fair. Um, DFS wise. That, that, that he's he's the type of he's the type of guy who who is more of a DFS target than a season long mm-hmm. target right now. This week in DFS, basically you look and you say, you know, it, it, he's the type of guy you can make an argument for pretty good production at a low price. Yeah, I mean, he's fifty two hundred on FanDuel, which isn't it's not the minimum price. So it, it has gone up a little bit. Um, of course, you probably avoid him in all cash games. your 50 fifties. But if you're trying right. to win life changing money in a dollar tournament, that's the type of guy that you need. All right. Uh, Zay Jones, three for thirty three on ten targets on, against the Chi. I mean, I'm not. Are, are you in on him? Does he interest you? He doesn't interest me much. It, no, not a ton um, because the the pass catching did tighten up a little or the group tightens up a bit with uh, Charles Clay coming back. We might hit on him a little bit later, but I mean, lead, led the team in snap counts and then the volumes encouraging. I mean, he had what seven more targets than Jordan Matthews and 15 more snaps than Jordan Matthews. So every time, you know, I'm, I'm sifting through box scores and looking at targets for the week. I, I'd like to throw a mention on there for someone who gets double digit targets. Uh, Overall, I'm not super crazy confident in him, but I, you know, there could be some, I think he has a decent NFL career ahead of him. So there's maybe some dynasty appeal. I just trying to find ways to, to, uh, throw him in there. I, I agree with you. I think long-term Zay Jones is a really nice player. I think on the, as this, you know, whatever preferred target on the bills, I'm not sure how happy I am with him. Um, for for now, 
uh, the two guys I want to mention, uh, Jermaine Curse, who I mentioned earlier, I made you uh, choose if you wanted Jermaine Curse. Jermaine Curse is. I want to check his Yahoo ownership. Thirty nine percent owned. I was I was checking it right away because I was I did not think that Curse would be um, below fifty percent. That's one of the reasons I didn't think to toss him into this list originally. But he is definitely below fifty percent. And now we don't we don't want to get too excited about the game he had against the Panthers because they were losing. They were throwing a lot later because um, he was seven for one hundred five and a touchdown. And before that, he had spent four straight games at thirty eight yards or less. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's on this season he, in PPR and Yahoo, he's wide receiver 28, which was star- I, I was that surprised me when I looked this morning. I mean, I knew mm-hmm. he was one of those steady, unexciting guys. Yeah. Uh, and, and last well, here, week, here's blew the him thing a little bit, but yeah, he's just kind of boomer bust because, OK, so I use PPR scoring and I'm looking at his game log on Yahoo right now. 16.5 PPR points uh, last week. Um, and then or no, wait, this might be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. OK, so 16.5 points last week. And then um, the only other time he got double digits was 18.4 in week two. So you're dealing with a more rough games than than really good games um, all of a sudden with curse. So, yeah, there's some appeal and I could see owning him. But, you know, there's there's not a whole lot more than a, a wide receiver three there, you know. Right. I, I agree with you. And he's very unexciting. And the floor is not great. The floor might be, you know, two two catches for 27 yards. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I guess you'd have to be a pretty deeper league option. The other one I want to mention is Dontrell Inman. We've talked about him before. He's 10% owned. He's playing at home against the 49ers. Um, last three games, 13 catches for 195 yards on 22 targets. I mean, he's not, he basically is the guy in the bears. That's got the highest floor mm-hmm. and PPR floor in the last three games. Let's say 10.4, 7.3 and 14.8, which is, I hope you can do better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's he's the best pass catching option on a team with a young quarterback and not a lot of other weapons here. And real quick, I want to roll back on that curse thing. I got to correct myself. I was looking at a a totally different league with scoring. He's actually reached double figures in PPR a bunch of times. Twenty three point fives last week. So maybe a little bit more uh, happy on curse. He actually had uh, double figures in four of his first six weeks, but was pretty cold leading up to this past week. So, again, re re reemphasizes boomer bust with curse. I, I would go curse over Inman, though. Okay. Um, next guy, we want to move on to actually, okay. Top three wide receivers to, to stream for this week. We, we, Josh Gordon's a special case. Let's say for this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for this week, I would go to D well, Doxon's still 43%. I can get away with that. Can I? Yes. <laughs> you probably knew that was coming. <laughs> um, Doxon and then Westbrook. And then I can't do Cooper cup at 59. So I guess I would go Seth Roberts. But again, the expectations like a six to eight points. They're not necessarily game changing for your fantasy team. All right. Let's go to tight ends. Um, I've been talking about Brait because Brait, we, we liked Brait. We all did beginning of the season that, you know, the whole I mean, the, we told the story a hundred times that OJ Howard's a good blocker. And that means Brait gets to go out and catch passes. And earlier in the year, he was doing well. Um. The last few weeks, he's not done well. But here's the thing. Jameis, up and through week eight, Brait was doing fine. Brait, I'm going to go weeks three through eight receptions, four, four, five, six, six, four. Since then, one, 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 one catch. And the last four weeks, he's got, I mean, he's got a total of 37 yards 
in, in on 12 targets in his last four games. However, the beginning of that week nine game, which is when the slide started, was when Jameis Winston got hurt. Mm-hmm. Before Winston got hurt, Brait was Brait was a startable fantasy tight end in most formats. I think I, I, I I'm ha- if Jameis plays this week, I'm going right back at him. Yeah. Okay. So so here's the thing. Even with this big slide, Brait in full PPR, and I promise I got my numbers right this time. Uh, he's number ten tight end. Yep. Because so, he caught four touchdowns early on. He got touchdowns four games in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a so he's good with Jameis. However. I'm not necessarily sold on, on picking up and starting him with Jameis's first game back necessarily because the Packers are the best team against opposing tight ends. Sometimes stats don't really make sense because the defense hasn't been great, but the Packers have only allowed one tight or one touchdown to opposing tight ends, uh, 43 receptions. So that's right in the bottom five, an average in standard formats of 4.3 fantasy points per game. And then uh, I'll just double check PPR to cross check that. Yeah, still at the bottom, 8.2 PPR po- points again to opposing tight ends. So even if Winston's back and it's no lock just yet, that's something you have to stay tuned to rotowire.com the rest of the week for. Even if he's back, I don't know if Braid's matchup is necessarily great this week. Okay. Um, Charles Clay is the first guy you mentioned. He's 35% on Yahoo. I was a lot more in on Charles Clay earlier in the season. He got hurt coming into the year. I liked him because he closed out last year pretty well. And then beginning of this year, he started right off and he had 13 catches in his first three games with a couple of touchdowns. And then he went five for 112 in week four. And since then, he got hurt a little bit. Last three games, he went four for 60 against the Chiefs, but last three games, 11 targets. And and, I mean, you had the Peterman game in there, which is, you know, who knows what to make of that. But Mm -hmm. nine catches for 100 yards on on 11 targets in his last three games are how interested are you in charles clay I, i'm mildly interested there's a league where i started vernon davis over greg olson last week vernon davis gave me a goose egg and greg olson's kind of dealing with a foot thing the, again it looked you know the panthers keep saying he's optimistic which was surprising to me because i what i've read about this injury is it does have a lot of risk of aggravation and, and re-breaking and having second surgeries uh, apparently uh so so that's a little bit concerning for me so in a league like that i might be tempted to go after charles clay last three weeks he's ramped up his workload 29 35 and 45 snaps last week uh, in terms of pass catchers only zay jones and deontay thompson had more snaps than him charles clay was on the field more than jordan matthews so um the semi-consistent volume, the fact that Tyrod Taylor's back, the expectation that they'll be playing from behind against the Patriots and the trend so far for Clay gives me um, a little bit more optimism with someone like him over the hot name of the week, Ricky Seals-Jones, you know, because who else are you looking at for tight ends on the waiver wire at this point? So Ricky Seals-Jones, um, he is... Do you have the ownership level hand? Pull him up right now. I, I didn't even look it up because I assume he's still less than five percent. But three, I'm sure he. I'm sure the uh, first come first serve has affected that since yesterday. Three percent. Three percent. So what happens last week? Ricky Seal week eleven. Ricky Seals Jones catches two touchdown passes. He goes three for fifty four for two touchdown passes. And we look and we go. He played eight snaps. You can't use that guy. There's no way. Comes back this week against the Jags. Doubles the snaps. He, he goes four for 72 with a touchdown on six targets. And you go, hey, wow. Well, he still played only 17 snaps. Now, when he's on the field, it looks like there's a pretty good chance that Gabbert's going to throw him the ball. Mm-hmm. 
And you would think that with this kind of production, that this, I mean, the snap count's going to go up, right? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's yeah, talented. Think. He's, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I mean, there's a, I mean, the, the, the metrics, which we have on the Rotowire player pages, suggest a pretty, you know, the, the pedigree of, you know, the, I mean, the 40 time and the shuttle time and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's athleticism there. Not all. There's, it's, a, it's a mixed bag here. If you look at, if you check the measurable stuff on, on his Rotowire player page, you'll understand what I mean. Yeah. But at this point, I mean, he, you, you have to consider him at this point. Yeah, I, and he certainly has the size, too, at 6'5", 243. A little concerned that opposing defenses will start to realize, all right, Ricky's in the game. Watch for him in the seam. Um, and then, of course, you mentioned the snap count thing. Gresham had 50 last week. Troy Nicholas had 27. And Seals Jones had 17. But it seems like as long as Blaine Gabbert's the quarterback, as he will be this week, there's a chance of him getting a touchdown. And, and you know, does that make him better than, you know, the the top 12 tight ends? You know, I'd probably still stick to the safer option, but if you're if you've been out of luck since Jordan Reed in the tight end department, then then maybe there's something here for you. Maybe there's something right. I mean, you know, if you if you're getting past the top five or six, you're you know, there's there's lots of ways you can go, and mm-hmm. and, and most of them aren't much worse than any of the other ones. Um, you mentioned Greg Olson. Uh, we don't know what his status is for this week, even though the X-rays were negative and the Panthers seem positive about him. The one guy I want to bring up is Julius Thomas. Mm. Not. If you're streaming, right, the um, the Broncos are 29th versus opposing fantasy tight ends. Um, Julius Thomas is not he, he's not going to get huge volume, but last four weeks he's got 23 targets with, and 17 receptions here with two touchdowns. He got a touchdown each in week nine and ten. He gets the ball enough at this point that that you can you, you can take a look. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I would say that's fair. I mean, remember when it was Julius Thomas and, and Peyton Manning a few years back yeah. and they had the, that, that amazing connection? We're well, well far away from those days. But still, I mean, he gives uh, Cutler Moore, whoever, a big target to find downfield. And, you know, even though these quarterbacks aren't, aren't really thought very highly of, they can still recognize when you have Julius Thomas on a linebacker, that's not the most speedy guy and they can still find get him the ball. I think he brings you a decent floor. He's one of those guys where, um, you know, you're, you're, you're favored by five points in your matchup. According to the projections, you would probably keep him in your lineup because he's going to get some safe points. But if you're need to get into the playoffs and you're down, I don't know, 20, 25 points in the projections. Uh, that's when you need to take a gamble uh, on someone uh, that could have maybe a bigger game, like a, like a dare I say, Ricky Seals Jones, you know? So I think it depends on, on your situation. I don't think, um, you know, Thomas is going to have like a, like a crazy 25 point fantasy game, but I like his floor on a week to week basis. And that certainly gives him a role in the fantasy community. All right. He's 27% owned uh, rank. I'm guessing clay and seals Jones are your first. So who's first for you? Uh, Charles Clay has got to be above Seals Jones. Just uh, more, there's the books more out on Clay with what we can get from him. High floor guy. Got it. All right, we're gonna go to defenses. Um, last week we talked about the Chargers uh, against Dak and the Cowboys, and they did pretty well. They did very well. Um, mm-hmm. they are still 35 percent owned on Yahoo. How are people missing this? And they get Deshaun Kaiser. Yay! Jackpot. Yeah, yeah. See, now, now this is uh, this is the chalk play of the of the whole waiver podcast because no matter where you look online, um, any ask an expert, any stream defense, any DFS advice. Well, I mean, 
FanDuel and, and whatnot will catch up to it in terms of prices here. But everybody's going to say the Chargers this week um, because they are the matchup against the Browns, only 35% owned. In my Yahoo League where I looked, I know all defense scoring is different, but they were the fifth highest scoring defense. So there's something here. Um, I, I I have to give us credit for bringing, uh, for bringing them up last week and talking about the two-week window. How, hey, a pretty good matchup against the Cowboys. Then they get the Browns. Go get them now because if you picked them up last week, Probably didn't have to spend waiver wire money on it. Now you might. Um, but regardless, at 35%, the Chargers are above and beyond the best streaming option this week. Yep. Uh, Chargers, I mean, they are, what do we got here? They're second in the league with 32. Actually, they're th- tied for fourth with 32 sacks, um, 14 picks. Um, you know, Boza and, and Ingram are really good and they're playing and they're playing Kaiser I mean, at home. This is, you're right. This is the chalkiest play ever. I mean, they basically, Every podcast, article, whatever you can possibly think of about fantasy football, people are going to be saying pick up the Chargers defense. Um, doesn't mean it's not smart. Uh, just saying this advice is not unique to us, but it's sound logical. If you don't do it, you're kind of crazy If unless your defense is very, very good. Um, beyond that, since everybody is going to be beating each other up to get to the front of the, you know, the free agent line to get the Chargers, who's next for you? Um, next is going to be tough, but I think it's going to be the Titans because they're a home team and they get Tom Savage and we saw Savage throw two picks and fumble once yesterday. So yes, they have to deal with Deandre Hopkins and, and they, you know, the Texans could score some points on them, but in terms of turnover potential, I would say the Titans at 24% would be next, you know, minus seven favorites at home. That's the kind of defense I like to stream. All right. The other ones that we've got, uh, Miami's home to the Broncos. They're only 6% on uh, attacking the Broncos. Not a terrible idea. Um, the bears are home. Put it. Yes. Would you consider the bears against Bethard and against Garoppolo one or the other or neither or both? I would consider them more against Bethard, but even if Bethard starts, you know, I feel like there's a decent chance of re-injury there. Garoppolo, um, you know, I'm not I'm not sold on him being a twenty five dollar or twenty five million a year quarterback just yet because we haven't seen enough. But, you know, given the, the pedigree and what they gave up to get him, I would think that he offers an improvement which is, uh, you know, uh, apparently the team doesn't seem to think so, so far if they continue to throw Beathard out there. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily try to stream the Bears against Garoppolo because he, there's too much uncertainty there for me. And chances are the aforementioned options we talked about are going to be a little bit more productive for you. Folks, listeners to this podcast and get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. They'll let you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now, rotowire.com slash pod. Um, Jake, we talked about your 5.30, Eastern, P- 5.30 p.m. Eastern Facebook Live Q&A on Tuesday. That's today. What else are you up to? College Hoops, you're fired up. Yeah, I, I'm really fired up for College Hoops. Uh, you know, maybe not so much my Badgers this year. I mean, it's a rebuilding year if you give it give it that in College Hoops. Very young. But there are so many good teams and so many good players to watch night in, night out. Your Marvin Bagley's, your DeAndre Ayton's, your Colin Sexton's. I mean, they, your Trey Young even had 41 the other day. These guys are crazy. So um, I'm in two worlds at a time. Well, one is NFL and the other one is uh, is college basketball. But that's pretty much 24-7 gig for me. That's that's not a bad. So, so your Badgers, not, it's not going to happen? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an off year for them. They don't have a lot of off years. They're the only team to have 
played what five ranked teams is it now unfortunately they've lost to all of them uh losing on the road to virginia yesterday was uh they're actually furthest margin of victory they're just not quite there with a team of that caliber yet they've taken close losses uh and they've showed encouraging signs but they don't have that signature win yet and i'm afraid they don't win a couple here pretty soon they're actually below 500 they could be on the edge for tournament contention my Rutgers Scarlet Knights play Florida State tonight at home in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. So I'm mm-hmm. going to be checking that out. I'm telling you, the coach, yeah. the co- second-year coach, we're going to be all right. Yeah, yeah. The, those Rutgers guys are, I mean, I, I like Deshaun Freeman for them. Uh, you know, a good kind of double-double threat down low. And uh, I, I don't know, Corey Sanders isn't playing as much as he was when mm-hmm. he was younger. But, you know, they, they have some names on that team and are, are starting to get better. I don't know if they can get to the tournament, but uh, could do some damage and surprise some people. You know what? As I say, it's every every four or five years about my Rutgers football and basketball teams, I go, I just want progress. It's going to get better. Progress. I know it is. There you go. <laughs> yep. And uh, we've got a date, um, a home date at Rutgers, Rutgers, Wisconsin, Friday, January 5th. So you and I can look ahead to that one. Yes, we got that to look forward to. A couple of, uh, you know, I mean, you guys probably have more upperclassmen than we do at this point. So who knows? Right. All right. Folks, if you like the podcast, please keep reviewing and rating it. We appreciate the ones you've submitted so far. And thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. I'll be coming back on Thursday with Tim Heaney pre- uh, previewing the Week 13 slate. So come on back then. For Jake Latarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working. The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.